What's up, coaches? Uh, playoffs coming up here pretty soon in Oklahoma. I'm sure they are uh, for you guys all around the country as well. want to wish you guys a good luck. If you need any uh, late-season resources or if you've already started your offseason, go check out runthepower.com. You guys can go check out our, our free service, which is free. will always be free. we got some really good stuff on it. Uh, or if you want to kind of make that jump up next, uh, go to our premium membership, check out some of our premium videos that we have uh, and some of the things that we'll be adding and the discounts that we'll add for premium members uh, here coming up in the next few months in January and February. We're really excited about some of that stuff that we're adding, so uh, you guys go check out what we got up there right now on the website. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Guardian Caps. Guardian Caps are soft shell helmet covers that reduce impact during practice. They're worn by over 1,000 high schools like mine at Broken Arrow and Coach Walls over at Ankeny and over 100 colleges like Clemson, Texas, Oklahoma, and Iowa State. Most programs utilize them for their guys in the box to, to address the repetitive, subconcussive blows that add up throughout the season or an athlete's career. In fact, you can see what Lincoln Riley has to say about uh, the Guardian Caps in the linked articles on our show notes on runthepower.com. They're also great for body blows, helmets to knees, hips, quarterback's hands, all while keeping the helmets looking good for game day and protecting speed flexes from cracking. Check out guardiancaps.com and request a quote for great team pricing. This episode is also brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to athletics programs around the country. Whether you write your own program, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program more efficient, more accountable, and smarter when it comes to measuring your team's effort in the weight room. Visit their website and start a 14-day free trial. And right now, Team Builder is offering coaches a complimentary in-season football strength program. As you may recall, the New England Patriots squat up to 90% of their one-rep max deep into the playoffs. If your in-season strength and conditioning is to just maintain, then you're doing it wrong. You can get the template once you start a 14-day trial with Team Builder. Just reach out to them and tell them that you heard it from us and the podcast. Go visit Team Builder at teambuilder.com, which is team... B-U-I-L-D-R dot com. This episode of the podcast also brought to you by the always powerful Sideline Power. Uh, Sideline Power offers a cutting-edge technology and innovation. Sideline Power helps coaches around the country elevate their programs to the next level with new and used headsets, end-zone cameras, drones, portable sound systems, timers, and much, much more. Sideline Power works one-on-one with some of the most influential coaches and nationally ranked programs in high school football. They continue to help coaches push the envelope of player and program development. From NFL-level coaching communications to cutting-edge video technology, Sideline Power encompasses a full array of products needed to unleash the full potential of any program. Throughout the expansion of the product offering, Sideline Power has remained committed to offering quality coaching communication at price points for every program. Family-owned and operated with a customer-first mentality, Sideline Power is truly the number one choice for coaching communication. Visit sidelinepower.com. By email at info at sidelinepower.com or just give them a call at 800-496-4290. And then last but never least, SkyCoach. SkyCoach is a proven sideline replay technology that will give you the advantage over opponents utilizing anything else. Uh, we see you guys all over Twitter uh, complaining about uh, a, a multiple different types of, of sideline replay technology and about it crashing or not working for you. I've had the pleasure of getting to use SkyCoach the past four years of my coaching career at Broken Arrow. Hasn't happened to us once, and I get the butt shot and the wide shot uh, for our offensive coordinator seconds after the play is over. Um, it's awesome. 24-7 support, a flexible network that works in any stadium, any size crowd, and the most reliable, innovative software available. To be the best, you must use the best. Don't let your team down by choosing something inferior. 
Sky Coach is the market leader in sideline replay. Visit them at myskycoach.com to learn more. And that will do it for the reads. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Jericho Silvernail. Coach Silvernail is the defensive line coach at Long Beach City College in Long Beach, California. Listen as we talk with Coach Silvernail about coaching youth football while in high school, coaching in sunny California, and the impact of extreme ownership on not just coaching football, but also living your life. You can follow Coach Silvernail on Twitter, at Coach Silvernail. Hope you guys enjoy. I started off coaching at um, in high school. I was actually doing youth football for service hours, and uh, I helped out the local junior all-American team for about three years, and then played high school football. And then uh, about five years ago, a buddy of mine coached at a high school, and he was like, "Hey, man, we need freshman coaches." And I told him, "You know, I want to try it. I want to see if I can do it." And uh, it kind of just started from there. I was the offensive coordinator at uh, Santiago High School in Garden Grove for uh, a freshman team. And then uh, from there, I I tried to go on a couple places, but it just didn't work out. And then went from there to Peninsula High School up in Palos Verdes and coached with uh, Coach Mike Christensen, who's at Lakewood now. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, hard to think when you look back on everything it's like oh okay uh and from peninsula i coached pop warner actually i was the head coach for our middle school local middle school team and then uh from there i went to cerritos high school where i'm at now coaching the offense and defensive line and uh coaching the defense on frost off team so well i think it's interesting you talked about you know you get your start with youth football and that's actually kind of how i got my start as well i was still in high school football um, and then I just – I had a buddy that was helping coach a team, uh, not like a real coach, but he was just like a, an assistant, kind of helped out, and he's like, hey, if you want to come help out, you should. I said, all right, sure. So I hooked – I, uh, you know, bumped it over there, and then so for two years when I was in high school, I was helping with, um, you know, a youth football team and, and talk about just having to go back to the basics. And, and it was – you know, it was really, really fun if you could get past how serious some people took it, you know, it was cool to see like the head coach, you know, the head coach of that team. They did like kind of scouting. They did, had their own meetings. They had different ways to do things, but it was really cool just to see, you know, kids learn football and to see the big difference it made, you know, from one year to the next where in high school, sometimes you're, you're refining skills or, you know, some kids will make big jumps, but talk about a kid going, you know, from fourth grade to fifth grade, that, that's like a, a huge jump in in physical ability and so now they can actually maybe get into a stance better and it's nothing that you did for them it's just you know they get they got a year older and hit puberty or or whatever it is so um I've got to imagine that was you know a, a fun time for you I know it was a blast whenever I got to coach youth football because all these kids running around loving football getting to do what they do and then you know one of the cool parts is I was a high school football player and and I didn't feel very important at the time, and, and I wasn't in the grand scheme of things. But to those kids, those fourth graders, those fifth graders, you're like, you're like what they want to be. They look to those high school players. I remember going visiting high school, uh, or 
like elementary school classes and they were asking, are you guys playing the Sooners next week? Are you guys playing these college teams? Would you beat the Dallas Cowboys? I mean, they, they have no idea. They don't know how all the rankings and different things go. They just see you as, you know, and then you hear, hear those questions. And you're like, man, these kids think of me as, as a Barry Sanders, you know, they don't know the difference between me and Barry Sanders. They look up to me just like they look up to those guys. And, and so it was cool, you know, knowing that about them. And so when you get to go coach those kids, uh, just knowing that, you know, they've got all those visions of, of these big things and now they're playing what they want to play. So, you know, long-winded, but uh, I'm sure that you, you know, can you talk a little bit about that time where you did get to coach the, you know, the youth teams? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. So when I did it, like, I went to private school. I went – I actually – um, I went to school with one of your guys' past guests, Chris Ward. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. So I went to school with Chris Ward. Uh, he was a couple years younger than me. But we had to do – um service hours we had to do community service to graduate and i thought uh, oh my god i'm stealing i'm stealing it because i get to coach football for community service <laughs> so when i go out there i got to coach uh the youth team that i actually grew up playing in um so it was just cool seeing the kids and like you said the kids get excited to see you out there and you're wearing your high school stuff and they it was cool to be able to just develop and teach a kid how to do a stance and then as a player at that age it was kind of cool like oh okay the stance is really that important to a kid because you want them to understand the importance of it and be like hey once you get your stance then you can get your step and then just the progression of that and honestly just the kids man the kids just having fun and whether they win or lose man they would go to the freaking uh the pizza party and they just, it was more innocent. You know what I mean? Sure. It was a lot of fun just to watch those kids kind of grow up through those programs. And uh, like a couple of years ago, a kid that I coached when he was maybe 10 or 11, when I was in high school, he, uh, he ended up playing at a local college, like a junior college. And I saw him on the field. And he's like, Coach, how you doing? And I was like, Oh my God, you are. You're, <laughs> you're in college now and I'm, I've never <laughs> felt old until right then I was like oh god I've been around the game a little bit now <laughs> yeah that's right now one of the things I think is cool is we get to um you know every year we have a uh, a little kids camp up at the high school and so for like a week they come in in their pads and their uh third through seventh grade I think and it's a little bit of a pain or hassle at the time because you're like you just want to rest and you've been working all day but one of the cool things I think is is having to or not ha needing to learn different ways to teach and different things to say because you get used to saying one thing to these high school kids that are athletes and okay yeah move your butt up move your foot in whatever it is getting a little more athletic of a stance and then yeah. you say these young kids and, and they can't do it like they've got like a big bow in their back and you say okay flatten your back out and and their body doesn't even know what that means they hear you and and they just can't do it so you got to think of okay, well, to make that move, what else would I have to move? Maybe now, okay, don't think about that because obviously you can't do that. Think about pushing your, your belly down or, you know, you have to think of all these different ways to say it to get it to these little kids. Well, now you can kind of use some of that when you go to your high school kids and maybe you've got a kid that's, you know, not thinking of it the correct way or, or does it and still doesn't look right. Now, you know, I, I've used some of these, you know, these words or these phrases that I use with these kids and they actually do sometimes translate to these older kids, which is which is cool to be able to see because you've got to really deconstruct 
why you teach things or how you're teaching them to these high school kids to get it into these younger kids' minds and to get them into where they can do it. Oh, for sure, man. I, I think the best thing that's happened to me in my coaching career so far is coaching, being a head coach for a Pop Warner team because you have to simplify so many things to where you have to kind of almost re, relearn the game yourself. Hmm. And I had to, like, coach wide receivers and quarterbacks. Like, don't get me wrong, I had, I had a, a good staff, but as the head coach, you kind of want to put your hand in everything. Sure. And, like, man, I'll tell you, I never knew really much about wide receiver play, but I just started to kind of figure out, okay, well, this is how I would coach it. And I'll tell you, my wide receivers, man, they knew how to block. <laughs> we got to the outside, they knew how to block. So, but it was, it really forced me to learn how to call an offense, how to call a defense, to keep it simple. And it was, it was fun. The kids enjoy it. And I think the kids will know if, if you're BSing them, they know if you care and they know if you don't. And once you get to that point where they don't think you care, it's all over. Well, I think the other cool thing uh, in walls and, um, you know, you, you were at those camps, so you kind of know what they look like. The other cool thing when you have these young kids is a lot of times we get to keep our high school kids up there. Or, you know, maybe not get to keep them, but we say, hey, you guys help us out if you can or whatever. So <clears throat> the other thing that's kind of cool that translates is you got those kids that will jump in there and you start hearing them coaching and they sound a lot like you coaching these little kids, you know, as far as some of the same coaching cues that you're using with them. Now they're using on these younger kids, and you're like, okay, my, my varsity kids are getting it. If they're able to coach these young kids how to do things, they're starting to get it. They're starting to really, truly understand it. And so that was always a cool thing uh, that I look for at all these camps too is, is which one of my older guys, you know, really, truly understand what I'm teaching them, and now they can teach uh, these younger kids. Did you get to see much of that, Walls, when you were there uh, with, like, the quarterbacks and stuff? Yeah, I, I liked having it because I'd always kind of talk to those guys afterwards and you'd get the, the gamut of responses. Like the most common one was, Coach, I don't know how you guys do it. You know, because they, 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 would, they would see, you know, you, you having to be patient with kids and how to teach them. And then it was always a good conversation for me to have back with those guys. It's like, well, think back to when you guys were that age. Just think that that just shows you how important technique is. All right. And how important coaching is because, you know, it could really enforce that the method of, you know, you need to listen to, to coaching because that's how you get better. And there are a lot of them like, Oh, you know, I, I guess I never really thought of it that way, you know, because you could have problems in technique or you could have, you know, breakdowns in technique or, you know, they were able to, to see some of those kids kind of figured out on their own. And that's why I could kind of have that conversation with some of them. Like, you know, I, I don't coach you very hard when you guys are, are doing it correctly. Right. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, because I think everyone everyone that makes does a play or does does something and they instantly think that I'm going to critique them, hmm. you know, and I think that's some, one of the, the, the pitfalls we can get into as coaches. It's like, hey, when when kids do something right, you know, celebrate with them, Oh yeah, you know, say, say great job, you know, and, and they were able to do that and kind of see it with those kids, those little kids like, hey, when they did it right, what happened? They got all excited. They smiled. They went up. They hugged you. They high fived you. You know, I think it, it just kind of reinforced a lot of the things that, that you could you could do with those kids just for the simple fact of, hey, man, we've, we've all been there. And the reason we play this game is because we're all little kids at heart. You know, I don't, I don't ever feel like a day that I get to go out on a football field. I, I never look at it like a job. 
you know, I don't know about you guys. I, I would imagine you guys are the same, but to me, it's like, wow, I get to go play and I get paid. I don't get paid a lot, but it's, it's, <laughs> I'd still do, I'd still do it, you know, just because it, it's, it's that kind of fun. And I think oh. coach, uh, coach us, it's Silvernail, right? Yeah. It's Silvernail. Okay. Make sure I'm pronouncing it right. You know, you never know these days. <laughs> no, it's the color silver and then, and nail. Silver and nail. All right. Just like, just like it's spelled. Anyway, I was just, I was going to say to you, I think you're doing it right. I mean, being able to come up through the ranks, you know, I, I just, and, and coach Harper and I have talked about it so many times. There's a lot of guys uh, going into the profession that don't have an appreciation or an understanding of, of what it really takes, or maybe they've kind of lost sight of what it was like to, to do it as a kid, you know, and to have fun with it. So I think once you start out at these lower levels and you kind of build your way up, I think you have such a greater advantage over people who don't. Would you agree? Oh yeah, man. And it's, and it's one of those things too, that if you, like I have such a more, cause my dad was my coach growing up. So I knew that he worked his butt off for us to, to play and to learn the game. And I always joke with people that I knew how to, beat a cover two defense by the time I was like <laughs> I was like film with my dad. And uh but you people don't realize that some of these youth coaches, man, they put in just as much time as high school coaches. Yeah. And they they don't only want to win, but they want these kids to learn the game the correct way. And I think going through the ranks that way, um, it kinda slows you down a little bit to where you're like, okay, Maybe I have to worry about the six-inch step a little bit more. But then if a kid doesn't have the correct stance, or even if he can't do the six-inch step, okay, how are you going to work with that? Because every single kid's different. When I coached the Pop Warner team a couple years ago, I had a 10-year-old on my middle school team and because he was heavier than most kids. Hmm. So yeah. I was kind of trying to find a spot for him where it would be safe for him to play but also to where he could be effective and learn the game. And, man, I'll tell you what, man, he, he learned how to play nose guard better than anybody else on that team. And that little 10-year-old ended up leading that team in tackles. That was kind of cool <laughs> to see. But, uh, no, I, yeah, but sorry to ramble. But, yeah, it's fine. Going through that rank, man, of just seeing how hard coaches work at the youth level and then seeing that, there's the only difference between the youth level and the high school level is that there's more recognition on the high school level and you're getting paid a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like if we don't get rich coaching, I don't think anybody gets into this game for getting rich. Like I said, but those coaches truly love the game and it's cool to be around those guys. Well, that's, you know, here in Oklahoma, they get paid nothing. You know, if you go in and you're a, uh, third through seventh grade coach you get paid you know zero dollars it's all it's all what you want to do and I remember my little league coach we we went over like once a week and watched film on teams you know we were watching film they were going on on, you know on Saturday if our team wasn't playing when the other good teams were playing they were going and, and shipping off and recording those teams and and like you said they're working hard and they've actually got another job other than football you know, our job is, you know, obviously you have teaching, so that is the other job, but, you know, but it's football as well. Uh, you know, their whole job where they make money is, is um, you know, something completely else, whatever it is in the oil industry or, or whatever it is, and then they're going to work an eight-hour day, you know, 40-hour week, and then they're also going to put in whatever that is, 10 hours of, of Little League football. And so, 
yeah. you're exactly right, and make no money from it just purely because, you know, and it, part of it is they want to win and different things, but purely because they love the game and they want to be around it. And like you said, they get zero of the notoriety, you know, and then you get those guys that are working hard and then that there's some high school coaches that think really highly of themselves and think that they're, you know, this and that. And, and, and you know, you got these – little league coaches that that are working just as hard and, and get none of that notoriety and so it is really cool if you're ever around that to get to see that I got to, I got to um coach with a guy his name was a uh, Jimmy Carter um and so uh he was just he's just a dad a really good guy and he would we'd have Sunday meetings and and he worked his butt off for all of his kids and and um you know it was cool because I was coaching then and so it was like uh, fifth or sixth grade. And I can't say enough about that guy. He's, he works his butt off uh, doing other stuff and then would work really hard to help these kids out. And it was all about, you know, he wanted to win and he worked hard to win, but it was truly all about building these kids into being better human beings. I mean, he's one of the yeah. best human beings I've ever met. And so talking to kids and, and some of the biggest parts and stuff I still use with some of the little league camps is, is even more about football was like, okay, if we're in the huddle and the coach is talking, not in the huddle, but we're, you know, before or after practice, your eyes are up listening to the adult. You're saying, yes, sir, you're doing this stuff because that's just right and that's what helps these kids. And so I was coaching that team, and then uh, I got back on it at that same high school, Broken Arrow, um, you know, whatever, six years later. Well, all these kids that I had coached, they were becoming seniors. And so I got to see these kids and coach them when they were in sixth grade now I come back, they're all seniors, going to be seniors in my first year of coaching. And it was like, Walls, it was, um, it was Gage Kaiser and Devin Johnson yeah. and Shaw and, and some of those guys. So it was, it was really cool to see. And we had some really good players on the team. And so uh, it was cool to see those guys grow and see how much uh, Coach Carter had, had put into those, guys, those kids and see them, you know, a bunch of those kids from that team succeed and be really good people at the high school level and now on to college. You guys hit it on the head with the more so teaching young people how to be young men. And uh, that was one thing uh, my dad always instilled in me when we were coming up. And the yes sir, no sir, be polite, even like at weigh-ins. I don't know how you guys do it in Oklahoma with football if you guys have uh, weigh-ins. Yeah, they do it the same way. Yeah, yeah they have weigh-ins right before the game. Oh, it was yes sir, uh, say your name clearly. And like we have guys who – learned how to speak publicly because they had to say their name, their weight, their, or their name and their number. And it was, it was just cool. seeing it's cool seeing those kids develop with um, like my kids when I coach them at Torrance, cause I coached Torrance Pop Warner a couple years ago and just making sure those kids know, Hey, yes, sir. No, sir. Anytime an adult speaks to you, it's yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, please. Thank you. Like being, being respectful, being polite, because I, I try to remind them that football doesn't last forever. And we may, we may not win every game, but you can look back and say, hey, I learned how to be polite. I learned manners. I, I learned how to be a good person. And I think that's what the football can really teach you. So, no doubt. Yeah, go ahead, Walls. I was just to say, I think you really touched on it too, because I mean, in any, any business, in any, any program, I mean, it's all about people. And I think, you know, you, we've already kind of talked about some of the, the coaches who, who, you know, are, are maybe after a little bit more notoriety, but I, I think youth coaches and I think most of your good coaches completely understand that it's all about people. 
you know, how do you treat people? How do you develop people? Because when you care about people and uh, when you are leading young men and you're able to show them that you care about their development and care about their lives, those kids are going to play a lot harder for you. And I think the coaches that lose sight of that, the ones that just worry about strategy, the ones that see players as a pawn in their game, you know, or the, or the ones that maybe, you know, lose sight of the, the things that they should be teaching somebody rather than just teaching them flat out football strategy plays, fundamentals, you know, they're, they're worried about the technology of the game, all that stuff's fine. But if you lose sight of, of people, you're not going to be a very good coach. So that's one of the things I've, I've really tried to, to kind of hone in on the, the last few off seasons. And you know what? I mean, it, it absolutely works. But those relationships you were talking about, Coach Harper and, and Coach Silvernail, you talk about those kids finding you later on in life. And that's what it's all about. You know, whether or not we win state titles or whether or not we have championship rings, that's all, that's all fine and good. But there's only going to be a few teams that get to experience that. Every kid should experience a, a positive impact from football. If they're, if they're not getting that bucket filled, I, I think we're really, really doing a disservice to the game and, and to the, the young men of this country. Oh, for sure. Well, Coach, you even talked about, you know, you talked about the weigh-ins. Um, when I was weighing in kids up, up at the high school, we still weigh them in like twice a week. And so um, I did that a lot you know, two years ago, and, you know, and, and they'd come up and, and that I, you know, I kind of did the same thing. And it was a little bit for convenience for me, but it was also to get them doing it. And it also taught some of them a little bit of humility. But the deal was you come up there, say your last name loud, and then get up on the scale. You know, and so then obviously you had some of the cool kids that didn't want to say their last name. They wanted to go up there and be known. And I'd look at them and say, what's your last name? You know, uh, get a little humility into them or I'd just send them back, you know, until they got into a rhythm of it. And then also um, you could kind of hear the kids that wouldn't be uh, very loud or, or present their last name. And, and that was kind of the other thing. It was like, hey, that's your last name. You, you know, you need to be proud of it. You need to, you know, even when you're playing, I, I always had coaches – in, in college that say, you know, you play for the name on your front, you know, obviously as the school, but you also should play for the name on your, on the back of your jersey as well. You know, that, that last name that you have, you know, when you come up here and you weigh in, say your name loud, be proud of, of who you are and, and present yourself or, or, you know, or be loud with your, with your voice. And so uh, that's something that we use, you know, like you said, the kids weighing in and, and Pop Warner, it's the same thing we do when we weigh kids in up at the high school. Say your name loud, stand up there, and, and kind of be proud of who you are and, and speak, you know, audibly. Oh, for sure, man. I, there's something I heard from Coach uh, Herm Edwards a few years back, and I've kind of used it in coaching now, like, that your name doesn't belong to you. Your last name isn't yours. It's, it's your family's name. It's your father's mm -hmm. name. It's your mother's name. And whatever you do, regardless good or bad, it affects your family name. Mm -hmm. So if you do something good, it looks good on your family. If you do something bad, it looks bad on your family. So anytime, anytime one of my players does something good or bad, I say, hey, you did it for your family. It's you, that, cause that name doesn't belong to you. I, I, don't, I can't remember what he was coaching or what, what he was talking about, but that always kind of stuck with me about that last name belonging to your family. And don't be selfish with it. You know, and then, and then you also, you, you got kids coming kind of from the opposite background at times too. You know, there probably are some kids that are a little ashamed of their, of their last name. Maybe their dads weren't around. Maybe they don't like their dad, you know, because he was an awful person or, or whatever it is. 
And so, you know, you, you've got a chance, like you said, to, to rebrand that last name. People are going to think of you, uh, of how, you know, your last name of, how, of what you do. You've got a chance to change all of that and, and make it mean something else. And so that is a really cool thing. And, and, and I've heard that speech as well, Coach, and I can't remember either, but um, I, I remember hearing that as well. Uh, you know, the other thing with coaching uh, that I like about it is it's kind of like back in the day, uh, and I sound like the old guy even though I'm not, but it's like back – it feels like when I was younger, like it would be just random. I remember my grandpa like going and scolding random kids in, in Walmart, you know, if they weren't doing right, and they're with their mom, and he'd be like, you know, kind of smack them on the back of the head or whatever and be like, hey, you need to start acting right for your mom, you know, and it was like – the mom was like, oh, thanks. And it's like, that does not happen anymore. People are way too scared to do anything like that. But that's kind of one of the things you still can do in football. And I, and I feel myself wanting to do that out in public. And I try to refrain myself, even though I probably should do it because it would help some kids out. But um, it's one of the things you still can do in football as a coach, you know, help, help these young men, you know, hear some things they need to hear or, or be that disciplinary or be that father figure-ish in their life, uh, at least when they're not around their father. And so um, it is one of the, it was one of the things that I always thought was cool when I was a young kid, seeing my grandpa or an older man help out the, the youth that, that's just standing around or, or whatever. And so that's, an, you know, another thing I think is really cool about football and being a coach is you are able to make that impact on, on other kids that, you know, that aren't your, you know, flesh and blood kids. Oh, for sure, man. I, I, I grew up an only child, but I have something like a hundred brothers <laughs> that my dad kind of took in and my dad would always kind of, they still see him say, Hey, what's up coach Mike. So it's like, I, I, I definitely see that from my dad, from me growing up and even today. And then now I kind of see myself becoming that, that guy where like, my wife and I are actually expecting our first kid. All awesome. Right. Congrats, August. man. Yeah. I'm super excited, man. Thank you. But, uh, I, my thing I always told my, my players is I don't have any kids, but you're my, you're my kid. Yes. Like, and if you ever need anything, you come find me, you come talk to me, text me, call me, anything you need, I'm here for you. And we actually just had our graduation last night for uh, the school. So I, I actually worked that and seeing a bunch of my seniors from this first year at the school graduate. It was just kind of surreal saying like, hey, coach, thanks so much for everything you do for us and it's like man I wasn't even your position coach yeah and, and it's it's crazy how little things that we as coaches do affect mm -hmm. all these kids in some, in some certain way I think that's what that's at least for me what's it's what pushes me to kind of watch what I do in every aspect because I know I don't know who's watching <laughs> yeah I, I heard a guy, and it, Harper, I don't know if you went to this one, but it was at the, the Michigan Clinic, and he, he was the, the head coach at, oh, man, and now I'm not going to remember. It's one of the big – St. Thomas Aquinas out in Florida. So, I mean, like a top five high school program, and, and they talked about, you know, they, it's a private school bringing in kids from all over the city, all over Florida. So they had to, to kind of build that family. <clears throat> and they would always say, you guys all do have – the same last name so it would be and and coach day and i'd kind of brought it back home so it'd be like hey i'm coach walls of broken arrow so everyone could kind of say that you know coach Silvernail of cerritos high school coach harper of broken arrow so everyone would be able to say that and you could shake each other's hand 
and be able to look around. It's like, hey, you guys are all part of this this same family. No matter what what tribe or what clan you come from, it does, really doesn't matter. When you guys come here, you guys are all of, you know, the the same family. You guys are all a member of this same family and this this same squad. And to me, there's not many other sports that can really kind of kind of, you know, mix that together. You end up spending so much time together. Football players, let's be honest, I think they lift and work harder than most any other high school athlete, you know, or middle school athlete. That's why probably a lot of them don't go out now because they think it's going to be really, really difficult. But the relationships forged between that and the lessons that you can teach from that, and you guys have already touched on a couple of those. I mean, it's amazing the the friends that you still have from football. It's amazing that you know, now I'm going to be able to reach out to Coach Silvernail anytime I would want just because we have that same bond uh, from football. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't feel that any other place. And I think to me that's kind of what, what really draw, would draw me to the game. You know, South Dakota where I grew up was, was not a hotbed of football, you know. <laughs> but, I had, but I had, you know, two coaches and my dad coached it. Those were the the memories that I have, and all of a sudden you you find yourself and you, you know again Coach Silvernail had said it you know I'm, I'm acting a lot like my dad, I find myself acting a lot like my dad, and you know and and if people would tell me that I would be so proud, you know there's there's no way I would feel like bad about that, but you know some kids don't have that that opportunity, but just imagine there's maybe two or three kids Coach Silvernail that that you hit on the kids that graduate and all of a sudden it's like, you know what, I want to grow up, but I want to be like coach Silvernail. That's like the ultimate compliment in the entire world. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it's awesome. The stuff that, that you're sharing and it's just bringing back a, a lot of cool memories for me because it just puts me in the roots of, of why I do this, you know, and, and why I love doing this stuff. It's, it's great stuff. Well, I think as, as coaches, we have that responsibility to, truly be if a if if a kid doesn't have both parents we have the opportunity and responsibility to kind of be that male or female if you're a female coach i know coach lamper uh yeah on the hog football chat um i know that if you're a coach you have that opportunity to to be that helpful hand at home and if a kid i know if a kid's acting up especially back when i was coaching pop warner that parent would come up to me saying hey he's he's back talking he's not doing his homework and they would come to me saying coach can you can you handle it and I would I would say of course I can and I would I would kill that kid I would I would reprimand the kid but then after I'm done reprimanding them I would let them know hey there's a reason why we're doing this because if you love football and you're not making your bed at home or you're back talking your mom, you're back talking your dad. You'd never back talk me, would you? And of course, every kid goes, Oh no, coach, I never back talk you. <laughs> your parents or your coaches at home, but even more so, they run the show. And I feel like as coaches, we have that responsibility to kind of help parents out and help these kids kind of grow into the young men and young women of our generation and our, our future. Because if we don't, nobody else will. Mm-hmm. Well, you even see that from, from some other teachers that you have at the school, you know, even some teachers that aren't very fond of having coaches be teachers, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's very obvious that they're not, and they're very vocal about it. And then 
two weeks later, you're getting an email that says, Hey, um, whoever Johnny's not acting right. Um, in my, you know, whatever class, uh, can you do something about it at football? I go, well, I, I thought, you know, we weren't really worth anything now, but now we're, we're the ones supposed to be, uh, you know, going to go punish them or whatever. But then you are, and, and we are the ones that talk to these kids and we are the ones that, that take care of it. You know, that might be a, might be a teacher that that's emailed his parents and called them 20 times and the parents either don't care or can't get through to the kid or maybe the parents aren't even around you know so they yeah. go to the coach even other other high school teachers you know coming to the coach to say hey can you take care of it and then and the coach does and so um like you said it, it could be a, a parent's you know biggest ally you can be another teacher's biggest ally to get to these kids because so many of these kids do respect you as a football coach as their football coach yeah, I, I'm not a teacher yet. I'm going to be going back to try to become one. But I work security at the school right now. So nice. I always try to tell the teachers in my little area that I have, like, hey, if you have any problems with my guys, please let me know, and I will handle it. I will just let me know. If they step out of line, I will handle it. And <laughs> thankfully, I don't have too many times where teachers have to stop me and say, hey, coach, so-and-so is not doing what they're supposed to do. They're not, they're not acting in the way you would want them to do. And, but I, I've had to make a kid like last year, I made a kid write a letter to his teacher apologizing and saying he would do better and handwrite it. No, no typing. It had to be handwritten. And the teacher came up and said, thank you coach for doing that. I said, I'm going to come in and step in at the class every now and then to make sure he's doing right. The kid never gave her a problem again. So it, I think it's the little things like that that can help teachers and let teachers know, or at least from my role as a campus security, that they have an ally out there as well. I, there's no doubt. And I think, I, honestly, I mean, I think the, the kids respect that too. Because, I mean, they may not think about it at the time, but then again, it becomes that lesson like, hey, man, if I wasn't disciplining you, that means I don't care about you. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I love you. I want you to grow up and I want you to develop and I want you to do things right. But, you know, people that don't care about you, they, they let you do whatever you want. You know, that, that was always one of the things I, I would have the conversation with guys. It's like you guys have friends that let you smoke weed, that, that bring you drugs, that get you drunk, that, that tell you to skip class. And you call those people friends. Right. And then coach, you know. Coach is telling you, go to class, be a good person, be a good citizen, learn something, and I'm the bad guy. And I, and I think a lot of those kids, when they would kind of hear that conversation, they're like, they'd sit there and they'd think about it like, wow, I've got it all wrong. And then at the same time, you go back, it's like, hey, man, I was in your shoes. You know, I bucked authority all the time. I, want, I wanted to go out and I got in trouble and I made bad decisions, but ultimately I had enough people telling me the right way to do things that I could make those corrections. So I think the kids honestly respect that from you when you do care about them on that level. And it's, and it's, it's I had a kid come up to me a couple of weeks ago and he, he's going to be a senior this year, this coming season. And he's like, coach, how do I, how do I become a leader? How, do, how am I a leader? <laughs> and I go, well, because he, he kind of hangs out with a not so good crowd and kind of guys who aren't doing the right thing on the team. And I said, you're going to have to, if you're going to set the example, you have to make sure you set your friend's example too. Mm -hmm. that you have to be okay with not being liked. And that's um, tough. That can be a tough thing. Yeah. Oh, dude, real hard for those kids. 
oh, because you want to be popular. You want to have you want to have all the friends in high school, and I get it. But and it took it took me a long time to realize that too. But I was like, you have to be willing to do what others are not, and you have to you have to be willing to not to people not like. You. I said when I walk on campus, I'm okay with people not liking me, but they respect me enough to know, hey, coach knows what he's talking about. I should probably do this. I said, if you want to be a leader, you're going to have to be okay with not being liked by doing the right thing all the time. Being a leader isn't a sometimes thing. It's an all the time. And I know kind of off track, but not really off track. I know you guys are big fans of that extreme ownership. Huge. Dude, I read that two months ago. It changed my life. Awesome, doesn't it? Oh, one of my one of my buddies who uh, coached up in Idaho and won won a state championship up there. He's down in California now with me, but I met him at actually at school because he's a PE teacher. But he's like, Coach, you need to read this book if you want to learn how to be a great leader. Read this book. And I was like, Okay, I'll check it out. I'm like, How can a, how can a book really be <laughs> that life changing? <laughs> Right. I, I read the first chapter and I was like, oh God. <laughs> and I couldn't put it down. And I, I just, there's parts and I was like, okay, I do that. Okay, I do do that. Okay, that's good. I do the things that I'm supposed to do. And then there's parts of it that I'm like, oh, I need to do that. <laughs> I got to work on that a little bit. Yeah. But, and now I'm trying to teach the kids that way as well. Of, Telling them, hey, if you have a question about something, I don't want you to just follow me blindly. I want you to ask me. I want you to say, hey, coach, would it be okay if we did it this way because you're for us to accomplish the task that way? It'll make it simpler. And I'm like, I told them that. I told them, you guys need to, you guys need to think for yourselves. And that's, I think, part of being that leadership in that book is just book is phenomenal i can't say enough about that book, man. well another great thing about it you know it, it does touch on such great leadership has all that but it, it's also a great reminder and, and it's something that i think is important it's just a great reminder about like uh how how not easy most of the world is i mean yeah. how tough things are in, in other parts of the world and we get really we get it's really easy to think that some things are tough here in in, in america and there and there's some bad things but you know, to think life's tough and, and different things like that. And then you read a book like that where you hear about kids that, you know, are, are getting blown up, you know, trying to go to school or, or aren't allowed to go to school or, or whatever it is. And, and then you kind of look at your life and you're like, man, you know, we're, we're living in one of the easiest times ever as far as where we are right now. And so uh, it, it kind of brings you back to, to how good you have it. And, and, you know, to me, another reason why you should be working so hard because, uh, you know, and, and trying to be such a leader is because you, we are set up so well to be able to do that. Oh, for sure, man. I, and like, I try reading that book and then reading uh, Charles Bentley's, both his books. Mm -hmm. I try not to use the word tough anymore. Hmm. That was a big, that was, I was a big offender of that when I was, when I first, first started coaching is oh, we need to be tougher. We need to be tougher. Football's not tough. It's like, it's hard, but it's like, Finding out someone has cancer that you know, that's tough. Like, mm -hmm. beating cancer is tough. Dealing with the loss of a loved one is tough. Going to war is tough. That, those are tough people. 
running 1040s is not tough. It's an <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, that's something you have to do. And I try to use that. I want you to be resilient. I want you to be persistent. I want you to be relentless. Because not everybody's tough, man. Not, every, not everybody's a tough kid, but you don't have to be. You just have to be, you have to be more persistent and resilient than the other guy. And if you can do that, you're probably going to win at least eight out of ten year, of your reps. And there's no – go ahead, Coach. I was going to say, there's no, there's no doubt. I, I, I agree. When we, when we had LeCharles on the, the podcast, he had a hit – I still call it the rant. I mean, that, that was a, a huge part of it, you know, and, and he oh, talked yeah. about – he, he talked about the, the same kind of things, you know. Hey, how, how am I, I going to pay the rent this month? You know, how, how, am I, how am I going to feed all the kids that I have this month? You know, or heck, it could even be this week. I mean, there's, there's a, a, lot of, a lot of things out there, like you said, are, are tough. But hopefully the lessons that we're teaching you pushed you through those moments. You know, I mean, <laughs> you, hate, you hate to almost bring it up, but I mean, it, it's, you know, there's, there's been just rampant rise in depression and suicide in America. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can't sit here and, and speak to what the reasons are, but, you know, maybe maybe we need to do a better job of making sure, one, we, we care about people, for one, as a coach, and then, two, you know, teaching them how to, to work through some of these things. You know, don't make everything easy for them. You know, understand that it's going to be okay, but if you need help, man, hey, we're right here to help you. So I, I, I couldn't agree with you more on, on, those, on those points. Yeah, I mean, you don't need to be, you know, physically tough or have to do these these drills to make somebody like that and i mean we just got to find ways to let kids know hey man i love you i care about you here's some ways they're going to make life a little bit better for you you yeah. know well and i think something we've gotten away from in our society is that people don't think it's okay to fail yeah you're you need to fail you need <laughs> something has you have to not win at everything yeah. and if you fail, you learn how to do it better the next time. You, you learn what you did wrong. That's why we watch film as coaches. Yeah. We don't watch it just to watch. If we, lose, if we lose a game 50 to nothing, we don't watch it to watch all the scores that the guys got. Because <laughs> <it was one laughs> game and right. feel awful about ourselves. I was just saying, I, mean, fail, I, I got the, the sign in my room all the time, fail, first attempt in learning. Everybody oh, okay. does it. How many times you fall off the bike before you could ride the bike? I mean, just teaching them, it's, it's, it's all part of life. Hey, who made a mistake today? Everyone's hand should go up in the air. Dude, it's okay. It's all we do is make mistakes and learn from them. It's a constant process. It's hilarious. Well, and you're allowed to. Especially as a high school kid. How, how is the easiest place and the, the most safe place for you to fail? And if you don't in, fail, you're doing it. In the classroom. <laughs> Yeah, like, like okay, you didn't do good on a test. Okay, well, what could you do different to do better next time? Did you study more? Did you do everything you could to study? Okay, let's let's try to bring. And it goes back to that extreme ownership. Okay, what did I do wrong that I failed? Because the teacher didn't fail. The, the teacher didn't take the test and fail. The teacher probably could take the test and pass it. What did you do as the student that failed? And then it just lets you go back and, and learn and get better at it. And it's just, I think if kids, like like last year, for instance, 
I coached, I was the defensive coordinator for our frost soft team. Our freshmen, we had maybe two kids who had played tackle football before. Wow. Okay. So we had some sophomores on that team um, too, but my, I, I learned I was, co- I was calling the defense three days before the first game. <laughs> and I'd been offensive line coach on varsity for entire summer. Hey, plenty of time, man. Plenty of time. <laughs> I asked my dad what to do. He's all blitz. Every play, blitz. Go man. Every play. Dude, I looked at my kids before the first game. I said, hey, a big play against us is going to happen. It's okay. Big plays will happen. It's how we respond from those big plays. And the kids looked at me like, oh, okay, coach isn't going to get mad if a big play happens. And they played confidently. They, they played fast. Our first game as a team, we won 30 to nothing at an opposing uh, – at an away game. That team ended up being 7-3 and three and having the best record since like 2002 of any football team at the school. Yeah, they weren't they played fast. They played confidently. They weren't scared to make a mistake. Scott, uh, I listened to, to Scott Frost talk about. It. I mean, he, he he mentions it all the time. Even like when when you're just hanging out in the office, you just kind of ask him, like, "Hey, Scott, you know what what's kind of some of the secret to your success?" And all all it comes down to relationships with our players. I tell our guys, I don't want you ever to be scared to make a mistake. Ever. He's like, I'm never going to cuss out a kid. I'm never going to berate a kid if he makes a mistake. All I'm going to tell the kids, hey, man, you're going to make the play next time. And that's the way all of his kids play. They all play that fast. That's how they turn things around at, at oh, Central Florida. Because, I mean, when they're 0-12, what were the, oh, the, that other coaching staff telling them? You guys suck. You guys can't play. We need to recruit better players. We need to do this. Bah, bah, bah. He took basically the same roster, right, brings in a few key players, obviously, and turns the, turns the entire culture of that around because of basically, to me, one thing, don't be scared to make a mistake. Go yep. play as fast as you possibly can and have fun. If you don't make a play that time, you're going to make the play next time. How hard is that philosophy? It's not. It's, it's, it's one of those things that's like these kids looked at me like I was crazy when like, we gave up like a 15-yard run and they were expecting to get yelled at. And I was like, no, that's on next me. Next play. Next play. Yeah, let's go. Short-term memory. Let's go. Short-term memory. You can't do anything about it now. Let's, yeah. let's just play next play. You got another six seconds to do better. And those kids – even today, like our Frostoff team can compete because of the fact that they're not scared to, to fail. If they give up a big play, okay, what did I do wrong? I'll walk up to them. Like I went to the Glazier Clinic this past, uh, this past February out in LA, and I sat in on the defensive backs coach from Oregon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to learn how to coach corners better. So now during spring ball, when I helped, coach a little bit of the corners and if they would make a mistake I was able to help them but I think we get some coaches get so lost and just wanted to jump all over a kid and get angry at the kid for making a mistake (laughs) the kid's gonna shut down like every coach has been at least I'll say 90% of coaches have been players at some point in their life did anybody respond to getting cussed out and yelled at for making a mistake I didn't. I know that. Oh, and no kids trying to mess up. They're all trying to do. You know, they, yeah. they want to be good. They don't want yeah. to go out there and be bad. Yeah, no kid wants to go, hey, you know what? I want to play for nobody. I want to ride the bench all season. That's right. No, yeah. they want to play, man. They want to, they want to contribute. They want to compete. All kids want to compete. I don't care what anybody says. They want to compete if you teach them how to compete the right way. 
And <laughs> if you just, it's not yelling at them. It's not mother effing them. It's just, hey, what can we do better this time? How are we going to fix this? Okay, hey, what's your responsibility? Going through everything with them, making sure, hey, I do know this. I just messed up on this. And learning from the mistakes. Kids have a hard time realizing that, hey, as long as I don't make the same mistake twice, I'm in pretty good shape. So it's that's one of those things I try to try to do as a defensive coordinator last year. <laughs> it's because I didn't know what I was doing. I tell my <laughs> kids that. I was like, guys, you know I don't know much about defense. Like I was an offense I consider myself an offensive guy up until three days before that game. <laughs> and I was like, guys. I'm going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. We're going to make them together. We're going to get better together. And we'll try to win some football games. And I think them knowing that of, okay, well, coach isn't going to get all crazy on us if we miss a play. Hmm. They had more fun because they knew they weren't going to get yelled at. And when a big play would happen, if, I, if, if it was my fault that they were out of position or I called the wrong coverage, I would look at the defense and go, hey, that's my bad. That's on me. Let's get let's, – Let's try something different now. Yeah, take take ownership, and you yeah. instantly. I mean, the, the same rule of the book you're talking about. I took ownership, and not only that, I didn't blame anybody else, and I came up with the solution. Hey, I'm not going to call that defense anymore. Hey, I'm going to put you in a better position to be successful. I won't call that again. Don't worry. Yep. Boom. Confidence goes up. Now, all of a sudden, I bet you saw this too, Coach. When you st- when you started doing that, you probably had players. Now, nah, Coach, that wasn't your fault. I, I made a bad play. Yep, I, I missed a tackle. All of a sudden, your model becomes the standard for those kids to start using themselves. Hey, coach, it wasn't your fault. It's our fault, right? It just oh. becomes everyone's, everyone's now pulling in the same direction instead of pointing fingers as to whose fault it is, which is also probably the dumbest thing you could possibly do. Well, and like, you, you lead these kids and then you teach them how to lead, and then you see that you really don't have to coach as much anymore. Because I had a middle linebacker, man. He was one of my favorite oh. players. He was, he's like 5'8", 190, okay? Probably shouldn't be playing middle linebacker. But that kid had so much heart that – and he knew where everybody was supposed to be. He would be able to call the plays. And if I messed up a play like early on in the season, you go, Coach, did you mean this? And I go, oh, yeah, my bad, dude. And, like, I'm not going to lie to the kid. Like, oh, no, I meant that. <laughs> the kid knows what he's the kid the kid was honestly in the system longer than I was, so he, he knew the system. But it got to a point where he was kind of coaching kids up when he'd get back on the sideline and then he'd coach kids up on the on the defense when I was trying to talk to somebody else. And if we were blowing teams out and he would be on the sideline, I'd let him call the defense. And like then I started like, okay, he understands the defense. I'd let I let certain kids call the defense in practice. And kids who you never think would play the game fall on the defense and understanding what to do because they're like, oh, coach is giving me this role during practice. And once you give a kid a responsibility, they take that ownership and they, they just run with it. It was kind of a cool thing to see. There's no doubt. I, I'm sure that was that was really cool and, and, and awesome. You know, a, a cool thing to see those kids start taking responsibility for it and learning it. And like you said, I think the biggest part of that was – once you give them some ownership, once you give them, oh, hey, this is on me. Oh, I might get to call it. I'm, you know, they actually really start thinking about it because it's on them. And it's a little bit different. It's a little bit fun. They know it's going to come back on them. And so, 
you know, it, it really gets them a little bit more engaged. It gets them more into it. And that's something Walls talks about all the time as far as, you know, like uh, even naming plays or, or naming calls or, you know, getting that responsibility on the kids. Or, you know, I'd, I'd see Walls go into certain weeks and, and talk to the quarterback and say, you know, what are your, what are your few favorite, you know, uh, pass concepts going into this week? What, what do you feel most comfortable with? And so um, – and now he was uh, – Walls acts one way. He's a, he was a crafty vet. <laughs> Walls was a crafty vet. He he would uh he you know settle he sets a lot of this stuff up. He he gets kids to not kids anybody you know he he's smart about how he sets it up. He's not gonna you know ask yeah. kids maybe or he's not gonna say you know he's not gonna shape it in a way where they say something completely off the wall that we never use. But he is truly going to leave it up to the kid and and um you know shape it in the right direction, but also give that kid. Um, you know, his own ownership over, you know, like I said, going into a game, into the playoffs of, in, in Oklahoma, you know, what, what's your favorite few pass plays? What do you feel most comfortable with? Which was, to me as a young coach, I was shocked to hear something like that. Well, I, I just, uh, if uh, to me, you know, he, he's to be the kid out there playing. I would never want to call something that he wasn't comfortable with. And, and it, it ended up being pretty cool because you could get a lot of those kids where, I mean, even even if it was a little bit of doubt, you can maybe explain to him why earlier in the week. Hey, here's why I think this is going to be good. And once the the kid could kind of sit there and think of why, and then all of a sudden he saw success on the practice field. He's like, no, no, I, I like that play now. You know, whereas maybe he didn't like it before, just for the simple fact of of being able to explain it to him, sell it to him a little bit, and then all of a sudden he could go out and and kind of do that on his own. Um, I think that that that's just the most powerful thing. I think. I think you're the best coach when, on, on game day when you literally are just, just calling plays and kind of enjoying it, sitting back and watching it and just, and just letting it flow. I think you're the worst coach on game days when you micromanage everything mm-hmm. or you're, you know, you're, you're super tense and you're, you're worried about everything. I, I, I've found that out because I've done both. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know I've, 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 I've seen the, the really, really good days and I've seen the really, really bad days that I've had. So I think you talk about being a KG vet again, that's just learning by experience. And it, and it sounds like both you guys have, have kind of had the opportunity to, to really do that. But to me, the best coaches, you know, when you see it in the NFL all the time, we do the, the, the great quarterbacks in the NFL, they're calling the entire game. I mean, the, the offensive coordinator's on a one-way radio with him. He's just giving him suggestions. Hey, how about this? I mean, Tom Brady can go to the line and change the play anytime he wants. I mean, and to me, those, everyone's talking about, oh, these guys are just unbelievable coaches. Yeah, they've shared all of their information. They've put it in that quarterback's brain, and he goes out and he executes it. You know, Coach Silvernell, you said it. I've got a defense. I've given it to the Mike linebacker. He goes out and he calls it. I sit back and I enjoy the game. Some guys have a problem with that, though, because they feel like they're out of control. When in all actuality, you you have done what a coach should do, right? Let's get your kids ready to play the game fast, fun, the way that it should be played, rather than constantly looking over their shoulder. Oh, is coach going to talk to me again? <laughs> Controlled chaos, man. It's 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 one of those things where, like, I look like Stark Raven Madman on the <laughs> sideline, man. I'm I'm yelling like pumped up like I, I i i yell a little bit too much for my own good i think um like <laughs> hey we all did when we were young don't feel bad dude i but like i kind of 
what is it? And I, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say this because it's one of my kids' favorite stories from last year. But we were playing a, uh, it was a district, like in our own school district, we had a, played a team. And it's a rivalry game. And one of the coach, the coach I actually replaced on the Frostsoft team went over to that school and he was calling the offense. So I took it a little bit to heart to, to show him what he's missing. Yeah, vendetta. And uh, he was trying to talk smack before the game to my players and just not <laughs> doing the things a coach should do to young men. And so we won that game, I think, like 32 to 6 or something like that, or 32 to nothing. I can't remember what the exact score was. They, did, they didn't score. They didn't score. I remember that. They didn't, that was one of my shutouts. But he ran the same play like three times in a row. For, and it was like fourth and probably 15 because he just thought he was going to break it. And I yelled at the other sideline, call something better. And that was like in the very beginning of the game. And my kids lost it. And my kids started like, oh, okay, coach, talk smack. We can go now. Let's rock. And I've never seen those kids fly around so fast. It was one of the last games of the season. But those kids had so much fun because they heard me doing that. And I, I told them after the game, I was like, I probably shouldn't have said that, guys. That wasn't the best thing for me to do. <laughs> like, coach, it was awesome. I go, no, 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 no. <laughs> All right, yeah, it was. <laughs> but in my head, I'm like, like that was pretty cool. <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's having fun with the kids. And the kids seeing you have fun. I think the, the more the kids see you have fun coaching, I think the more fun they're going to have. There's no doubt about it. Well, Coach, you know, kind of how we wrap them all up, I always like to ask, um, you're, you're watching another offensive line coach, or you're watching another offensive line uh, play football, or you're watching film, watching them game day. What's some things they'd be doing, or what's something they'd be doing that would make you think really highly of their offensive line coach? I really like watching pulling guards. Like pulling guards, pulling tackles, like on counter and, and power. If that guard or tackle just pulls through and runs through the, the defender that they're supposed to get, that to me is the greatest thing ever. And that shows that the coach is taught how to finish the block. <laughs> and like I like as as funny as it's gonna be, power is one of my favorite plays, if not my favorite. Heck yeah. And, and like I love seeing a guard pull and just destroy people. <laughs> it's a thing of beauty. Oh, yeah. oh man, it, if if my wife would let me get away with it, I'd name her kid Power. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> good luck with that. That's crazy, yeah, but it's not I, mean, work. <laughs> like, I, I love the I love that play, man. That was our that was our bread and butter in high school, and I loved playing guard for it because that means I got to just punish somebody. Oh, guards but always think, love it. They're always wanting to. They're always wanting to pull. So I my, think I think I think if they if those guys pull through and just run through their guy, I think that's a really good testament to coaching. My favorite Harper, and I totally agree with you, Coach Silvernail, was you have some of these coaches is like, yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a big zone guy. I'm a big big zone guy. I love zone. Love love teaching zone and coaching zone. And then you're asking like, okay, hey, you played O line, right? Yeah. What was your favorite part about playing O line? Oh, I love to pull and hit guys. <laughs> I'm sitting there just thinking like, okay, you're this huge zone guru, but then you love to to pull and hit guys. That's what every offensive line says. Every guy that I've ever coached, coach, can I pull? Can I go out and hit somebody? Yeah, that's right. Everyone wants to pull. Yeah. So I, it, I never understood that. I'm like, dude, you like gap and pin pull. 
you know, people that don't want to run it and want to bag on them, it's like, man, you're just, you're just destroying the hearts of offensive linemen all over the world, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, come on, man. If, if you're an O-line guy, you're not a zone guy. You, yeah. like, like, you like to mash people. You like to – I like that Quentin Nelson quote of, I want to take the will away from my opponent every play. <laughs> no that's doubt. an O-lineman. That's an O-lineman. That's, that's, that's what it's about. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.